I don't know about you, but it, I, I find it interesting as we're sitting like this, even, uh, even the singing feels uh, a bit different, doesn't it? Because you're, look, you're looking at people or you, honestly, how self-conscious can we be, right? That it makes it a little bit uncomfortable to sing when we're facing one another. But again, those who weren't in earlier, a reminder that it's, we're in this space in this way for a reason. It's a, it's a family gathering time. And uh, I'm gonna give you a chance here in a few moments to share something you're, you're, you're thankful for. And I'm gonna give you a prompt. I'm gonna guide you in it. So don't, uh, don't uh, overly stress over it. Last week, some of us were, we were preparing for our small group leaders meeting in the, over at, uh, at the Brentwood campus and someone was playing Christmas music. And I didn't even think about it. And, uh, and someone said, too early. You know, oh, there we go. Ray, I, I understand. So it's like too early. on the. I don't know where y'all stand. We know where Ray stands, but we don't know where the rest stand. I'll tell you where I stand on that in a moment. Um, but perhaps, um, perhaps even more than the, you know, the meal we're gonna share here, here on Thursday and then all the events and traditions and things that we do related to Thanksgiving, perhaps even more than, than those things, it is music and it is songs that, that embed in us and that, that, we, that really remind us of the very things we're, we're grateful for and what the season we are in. It's strange, isn't it, that, you know, now, now I'll date myself. If you're toward the end of the baby boom, you know, I'm 61, so you get toward the end of the baby boom. If you're, if you're driving to work and you hear Stairway to Heaven, you know, you know, you're, I, I, you know, I'm immediately in the blue polyester tuxedo on my way to prom, right? With all the insecurities that come, that come with that. It's just, you know, music stays with us in, in, in amazing ways. It's really, it's really a gift. Um, music, I think it's like music actually is a time travel machine. You know, it's, it's the, it's the one that's, you know, science fiction writers write about and dream about, but it, it really takes us somewhere. Um, now, personally, I um, am, am one of those people who I think you got to hold off on the Christmas music, people, until after Thanksgiving. Okay, that's, that's where I am. With one huge exception. the holidays I believe I've missed each and every face come on and play one easy let's turn on every love light in the place it's time I found myself totally surrounded in your circles oh my friend Self 
to all alone I can sing me home Kenny Loggins released that in 1977 1978 I go to college I've got tears in my eyes right now thinking about this because from that moment on, 1978, to today, I hear that. And I'm driving home from college. And I'm driving home from Little Rock, Arkansas. Or I'm driving home from Dallas, Texas. Or I'm driving home from Franklin, Tennessee to be with my family in that little house, you know, crowded with, crowded with everyone in one bathroom, you know, you going back to mom and dad's. See, I don't know what song it is maybe for you, but uh, that would be for me that takes me instantly. And what it touches in me is a longing for home. That's, that's what's in the song. I wanna go home. Now, I don't know if you grew up in a home that, you know, it, it was a wonderful home. So you, you, like me, I longed to go home. Also recognize that as awesome as my home was, um, my home was flawed and it didn't fully satisfy that, that longing. Now, some of us may have uh, memories of home that, or, that, that we don't keep, that we don't want because home, there was no home. It was very difficult at home, but I'll tell you, as deep as you would bury the longing, uh, you can't keep the longing down. We still long for home. I, I would contend because the Bible says it, um, that w- deep within all of us, y'all, is a longing to go home. It is in our DNA. And at the same time, we have to recognize as often as we can go physically home, we're not home yet. Even this Thanksgiving, it's gonna be awesome. Someone's asking me about my Thanksgiving. I can't wait to be with my kids this Thanksgiving. It'll be fantastic. But can we, can we be honest before the Lord to go? As awesome as this is, uh, I'm, not, it's, I'm not home. It's not home yet. There remains a longing to get home. Um, and this is, by the way, uh, I'm just gonna move us quickly th- through what I wanna suggest is the reason for it. And it's the story of the Bible. Why do we have this longing for, for home, for that place where we're with? There's love. And it's that way forever. I'll tell you why, because we started at home in the Garden of Eden. Think of it in those categories. Adam and Eve were home. In relationship with God, in relationship with each other, in relationship with creation. I mean, they were co-ruling, co-reigning the earth and all of creation, you all. There was no sin. They were home. God had said, don't eat of the one tree. They ate of the tree. And what we, what we know of this, because we talk about it often, is it was a choice on their part to say, I, I, can't, trust, I can't trust God and his word. And they didn't. And uh, from Adam and Eve till today, you and I, listen, we're all born with this part of us that says, I can't trust God in his word. And so having chosen, you know, sin, having chosen to rebel against God, um, I'm gonna use this word. They started at home 
in the fall, they were evicted. And it's, it's, a, it's a relevant picture. They were removed from home. I mean, that makes me sad just thinking about it when you put it in those terms. Um, they, they, were, they were cast out because in their rebellion, you know, they, they fell short of God's holiness. You know, they, they sinned, they missed the mark. And therefore they could not be in the presence of God and God had to remove them uh, from the garden. In the midst of the curses, so God removes them from the garden, but in the midst of removing them from the garden, God says, I'm gonna make a way back. And he says, I'm gonna, one day there's gonna come a man born of a woman who's gonna crush the serpent's head. And now we're, way, we're heading toward Christmas, aren't we? Which is awesome. But he says that in the midst of those curses and, and yet they were removed. Y'all, they had to be removed from home because of sin. See, because if they, you can't be at home with God with sin. And by the way, God, removed them and said, I am gonna make a way for you to come back, but it's not this path. And do you remember what was there at the garden? The angel with the sword? To keep them from coming home. Was he, God being cruel? No, there would be another way to come home. And it would be thousands of years as we read our Bible that God would prepare a way for, for Adam and Eve and all their children to come back home. That's the whole story of the rest of the Bible that actually leads us um, up to what we're gonna celebrate here in a few weeks. What I wanna remind us, all of us, of, of something is that everyone born after Adam and Eve wanders this world homeless. We don't think about it in those terms, but it's true. Every human being born on this planet walks the planet homeless. And yes, I know we've got great home, you know, wonderful homes, um, beautiful homes, um, you know, some crazy amazing homes that people build, you know? I mean, we're only seven hours from the largest private residence in America, right? In Asheville, the Biltmore House, 125,000 square feet. Y'all, there's four acres, four acres of livable space. And by the way, I just heard a couple from California bought it at 20 million over asking price. <laughs> You're looking at me like, really? <laughs> Joke, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> I'm just, your face was so funny. You're like, what? Someone bought the billboard house? Yeah, they couldn't afford Spring Hill. I mean, they, they went, I'm going to Asheville. Oh my gosh. But, but there's no, you know, what I want to say, there's no, um, it's wonderful that we have your, you have your home and that you furnish it. And, and you know that, and you make it home. Why? Because you want, there's something in us. So please hear me. It's not like saying I'm against home ownership or anything like that. But what I will say is whether you're in a 600 square foot apartment or you're in 5,000 feet of a state home, You're not home. You're not home yet. And every earthly home is just a faint glimmer, quite frankly, of the home that you and I were made for. Here's the problem. The home that you and I were made for now, we can't afford it. 
When Adam and Eve were cast from home, it wasn't because of a financial problem, it was a sin problem. So now think about this. So the, the, the price of their sin is death. So, so the price to get back home would be death. That's separation from God. So you can pay that price. If this makes sense, I hope this makes sense. You can pay the price yourself, death, but understand you don't get home. You, you still don't get home, but you'll pay the price. There's another part of the price, and that is it requires a righteousness that you don't have. You remember last week in Philippians, I made the comment that the only righteousness that's acceptable to, that's acceptable to God is God's righteousness himself. So it takes God's righteousness to be in God's presence. So, so we got another problem here that we don't have the righteousness required to get back home. Now, I know as I'm walking through this, there's one sense to which you guys are going, I know where these dots are going. And I'm glad because we, 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 we ought to know where these dots are going. And of course, all of this brings us to where we've been in the book of Philippians. If you got your morning text devotion, which I hope you're getting them, you know, um, uh, you got the message this morning that answers the question, oh my gosh, how do I get home? How, how, how am I gonna make it home? Paul says it, I'll read it, Philippians chapter two, verses six through 11. Who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Y'all, by his life, his death and his resurrection, described here, Jesus Christ paid the price to get us home. He died our death. He was separated from the Father. So he, he settled that debt. He, 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 he was separated from the Father. He would not remain separated because he had no sin of his own, so he rose from the grave. And when we put our trust in Christ, you see, Christ's righteousness that is his and his alone is imputed to us and we're clothed in his righteousness. The two things that keep us from home, Jesus accomplishes for us. And Paul wants us to know with certainty on this theme of getting home that if you have placed your faith, if you have put your trust in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you will get home. Y'all, it's not, you may get home, I hope I get home. You will get home. Paul said it th this way in Philippians 1, 6, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. We talked last week about justification, sanctification, glorification, that if you're justified, oh my, you will be glorified. There is no doubt 
none whatsoever. To be in Christ is to be justified, sanctified, and glorified. So you will get home. So we stand today, if you have your faith in Christ, you're gonna make it. You wanna talk about something to be grateful for. So much so that we can live right now like we're there. Like we're home. And so much so that we can even say this, as Paul will say in in chapter one of Philippians. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Now that's so, so, there's so much in that. He's in prison, suffering hardship. I want you to know that what's happened to me has served to advance the gospel. So we can say that in Christ, we know we're getting home. In that, that verse, in its context, Paul says, in its context, we know he's saying, even though I've been in prison, which no one wants, look, the gospel has gone out to the, all who are in, the, in, in, in prison with me and the, and the imperial guard. In its biblical context, we can say this, for Paul says it elsewhere, uh, that not only has it served to, to, to bring Christ to my immediate context, but I can say this, that every hardship and difficulty in life Because I'm in Christ, it only serves to advance the gospel. If you are in Christ, wherever you are, whatever happens, God is using that in order to advance the gospel. Paul say it this way, God uses all those things in your life in order to, to make you more like Jesus. Remember, Paul said that I may know him. That's my, that's my whole sanctification is that I may know Jesus. So God uses suffering, hardship, and trial in order that we may know him, in order that the, the gospel may advance. Which is why Paul would say in Thessalonians, in everything, give thanks. In everything. Why? because you are justified in Christ Jesus and you will get home in Christ Jesus. And at every point in between, trusting Christ, God will use that to show Christ to the world through you. In everything, we can give thanks. Which brings us to our invitation to joy and which brings us to all of us participating in our worship. I want you to take your card that's in the seat in front of you. There's one or one's around you. It's got two simple statements, two simple phrases. Thank you, Jesus, for it has shown me you are. This is a very simple tool that we wanna use to help, first of all, to help you concretely identify that which you're grateful for. And this may be the thing you'd use at Christ, you know, at Thanksgiving. You know how you sit around the table with family? We do, and we talk about what we're thankful for. You might start with this, but we want you to, I'm gonna give you a moment to do this, to, to simply write the statement, thank you, Jesus, for, and it, you know, it may be something, a picture that you sent in, right, that we looked at. It may be the picture you just showed someone, I don't know, it may be something you didn't take a picture of because it's not so sweet. 
But you know what I'm saying? It doesn't, have to, it doesn't have to be that. It may be something that's a difficulty, but you say, I thank you, Jesus, for. And as Paul would describe it, all the trials and hardships, the goodness, the blessings, the difficulties, they're all designed to shape Christ in us. So when we, when we say, I'm thankful for this, we could also finish it saying, it has shown me that you are, what is, it has shown me that, you know, it's shown me that you are patient or it's shown me that you, are never going to leave, you know, whatever it may be. It sh- what has it shown you about Jesus? Is everybody clear on what I'm asking? And I'm asking everyone to do it. And I know some people may just imagine it and you don't write anything down. That's okay. But I would like you to write something down if you would, because I'm going to invite you to come up to these microphones. And this is, you know, this is not one of those, we're, we're trying to do this in such a way that it's, you're not, you know, impromptu, stand up, say something. It is rather, in fact, you just hold your card. And with your card, you would just say, Jesus, thank you for, it has shown me you are. Now, why would we, why would we put people in such an uncomfortable position to come up and do, say that? Well, many of us will do this at Thanksgiving around the table, won't we, with our family? And as I know, as you don't know everybody in this room like family, the Bible says we're a body and it says we're family. And so we choose to act into that by faith. And so it's you coming to your church family. And and you know what? The spotlight's not even on you. The spotlight's on Jesus. And you're just saying to your church family, this is what Jesus has done for me. This is who Jesus shows himself to be to me. So take a moment and do that. I'm going to give you a moment. Just pray, trust the Spirit to bring to mind your word or your words.
Michael, do I need to turn these on? They're on? Ready to go? Okay, so um, I'm going to invite those who feel so led, and I hope some of you do, uh, to, to come up, and, and we can just make a line. So, so I'm standing, here's the reason I'm standing here, because I'm going first. So someone line up behind me, anyone who wants to just stand up here, read their statement. There's a microphone over there, and I'd invite you to just come up and stand at that microphone, and we're just going to go from one side to the other. What's up, Kevin? So if you would like, you just can rise and fall, just pretty easy. Let's get a number of us um, come up, and, and, and if you'd be willing to, to, to do this, I want to wait till I've got a number of people that would be willing to say something or read your statement. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus, for Darden and Jordan's fire pit, their friends and their family. It has shown me that you are good. Thank you, Jesus, for my marriage to Laurie. It has shown me you are Jehovah Jireh. Thank you, Jesus, for having always pursued me. It has shown me you are the only reason for hope all around us is falling apart. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy and kindness. It has shown me you are always willing to catch me with open arms when I fail. Thank you, Jesus, for my trials. It has shown me that you are faithful. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing me my son and for rescuing me through him. And through you and God, thank you for always being faithful. Thank you, Jesus, for brokenness. It has shown me you are sufficient. Thank you, Jesus, for our new house. It has shown me that you are our provider and you are for us. Thank you, Jesus, for my health. It has shown me that you are my only healer and provider. shown me you are powerful. Thank you, Jesus, for the Christian family that has adopted my great-grandson. It has shown me you are divine and in control. Thank you, Jesus, for my son, Ian, and his unusual special needs <laughs> um, that I get to witness. It has shown me that you are bigger than any challenge and always working even when it seems to me like nothing is happening. for your continual pursuit of my heart. It has shown me that you are faithful to your word and above all, good. Thank you, Jesus, for peace in the chaos. It has shown me that you are with us through it all. 
Thank you, Jesus, for the experience of worship through suffering. It has shown me that through it all, you are worthy. Thank you, Jesus, for fall leaves and golden light each morning. It's shown, in me, it's shown me that you're present. You're an amazing artist who has joy. And it reminds me that there's beauty every day, no matter what happens. Thank you, Jesus, for hardships and changes that cause me to rely on you. It has shown me you are unchanging and faithful to pursue and grow me to look more like you. You're a refiner. Thank you, Jesus, for the relationships you've given me these past years. It has shown me that you were there for me, even when I don't realize it. Thank you, Jesus, for my family and my friends, and it showed me that you were loved. Thank you, Jesus, for your perfect plan. It has shown me you are always working for our good. Let's all stand together. And may we echo in our singing now what they stated so clearly. That Jesus is enough. That there's no home on the planet that will satisfy our soul but him. <clears throat> Let it be our refrain. Let it be our prayer. Let it indeed be our song. Thank you to each person who shared something because what you shared built up this body. <laughs>